Thank you. For those who don't know, he is married to me, so it's okay that he kisses me on the stage, in case you are concerned. Good morning. Hope you're all okay. It's really exciting to see so many of you here for Baptism Sunday. Um, And you know, I thought baptisms are a strange thing in some ways. We get some water, we dunk people under it, and they pop back up again, and we say, praise the Lord. But you know, water in life is essential. Water in life is so important. I've got a bit of geography for you and a bit of biology. If it's wrong, go and speak to Google after. Water is essential for life on earth, apparently, and 71% of the earth is covered in water. That's a lot of water, but only 3% of that is fresh. On the way here, Grace gave me a geography lesson about that 3% that I can't remember and I can't repeat to you. But if you want to know, go and speak to her afterwards. But the earth is full of water, more so than it is land. Then we've got water in our bodies. So apparently the human body consists of 60% water. Try telling that to the scales, eh? 60% water. And apparently some organs are completely full of water. So water is essential. It's really important. And you know, water has huge benefits. It's significant and important for individuals, for social and for religious groups. And we've got a few pictures up here. So water is key for some people for ritual cleansing and washing. And the example we've got is bathing in the Ganges River. This is something that's done annually and it is so key and important for people. Also, water is... You know, one of the hot crazies at the minute is wild swimming or open water swimming. We can see some people doing that at the minute. We went to Cornwall in October and there was a group of ladies there and they were doing sea swimming. And please forgive me if this offends you, but their name that their group was called was Blue Tits. I'm sure it was that cold as well. But it is a thing, spa days... Water sports, everybody loves a water sport, especially Alistair. Alistair, that's not my doing, that's Baz. People love water sports. They are so excited about them at the minute. But also we have things like water treatments, like hydrotherapy. You can even get things like this for your dog as well, which is just amazing. But water is good for you. Water does people good. People get involved in water socially, with their religions, with just helping them to feel better about themselves. So I'm sure you can agree with me that water is important. But water in the Bible is massively significant too. And I'm just going to give you a few examples, because if I gave you all of them, I'd just be here for the rest of the time telling you the examples. But some of the examples of of the water being significant in the Bible, in Genesis 1, verses 1 to 2, we see the Holy Spirit hover over the water when God created the world. And then a little bit later on, in Exodus 15, and in Joshua 1, when the Israelites were coming out of Egypt and going to find the promised land, we see the water just coming apart, the sea separating so that people could pass through it into safety. And it was a place of victory and a path to new life for the Israelites. Then we see in John 2, 1 to 11, that Jesus actually turns water into wine. And it's a place of the miraculous. There's so many other places in the Bible where water is really, really significant. But the one example I want us to just very briefly look at today is when Jesus himself was baptized and the significance of that water. You know, 
whether baptism seems a peculiar thing to you or whether you're really used to it, I hope that as you journey with us and journey with the six people getting baptised, that you feel at home here and that you enjoy your time with us. So let's look at this account of Jesus' baptism. I'm going to read from Matthew 3, 13 to 17. It says this. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptised by John. But John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? Jesus replied, let it be so for now. It is proper for us to do, to do this to fulfill all righteousness. Then John consented. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my son whom I love. With him, I am well pleased. So I want to pick three things that we can see from this account of Jesus' baptism that will hopefully encourage those of you who are getting baptized, but hopefully there's something in there that will encourage you where you're at. So whether you're just visiting with us today or whether you've been a Christian for many years, I hope there is something that you can take from this that will encourage you and make you think. So the first thing that we see in this account is that we see a surrendering to God's will. Jesus and John both choose God's will over their own. Jesus didn't need to get baptized. The reason we get baptized is so that we can stand and say, I believe in Jesus and I believe that my old life is dying as I go down into the water and as I come back out of the water that I'm alive again in Jesus, that everything of the past, all the mess, all the hurt, all the pain, all the wrong things have all gone and I can come out and I can live afresh with Jesus. Does that mean we don't do anything wrong again? No, it doesn't. But God is a wonderful God who forgives us. But Jesus didn't need to do that because Jesus was perfect. Jesus did not sin, but he chose to do it anyway because God asked him to. He made an intention. It said he actually went from Galilee to the Jordan. He wasn't just passing by and thought, oh, I'll just hop in. It's a bit cold, like some of us might think. I might get in there today. It's a bit, it's a bit warm. It wasn't that. He purposely went to meet John and to ask John to baptize him. We also see that John tries to discourage him. John himself thinks, no, you should be baptizing me. You are the perfect one. You are the son of God. You are the one who's come to take away all the mess in this world. But John himself said, okay, I surrender to God's will. And I believe that I will do this because that's what God's asking us to do. So we see a surrendering to God's will as we read that account, not only from Jesus, but also from John. You know, it's not always easy to surrender to someone else's will, is it? I used to work in a primary school and one of the wonderful things that we used to do was take the children swimming and teach them to swim. And for some reason, myself as somebody who has no qualification to teach anyone to swim was put with the lower ability group and asked to help them to learn to swim. My favorite part about it was when you had to ask them to learn to float on their back. These are children who have no trust in the water whatsoever and they've got to float on their back and trust themselves to the water. The majority of them, the bottoms would go down and the hands and legs would poke up, but they wouldn't stay there for long. Their arms and legs would flail about because they couldn't surrender to the water because they just didn't trust it. It was hard work. It was difficult. And sometimes some of the other kids were just difficult and would splash them, so that didn't help at all either. But surrendering to someone else's will isn't easy. 
And it's about surrendering to the water this morning for those of you getting baptised. That God, as you surrender to him, as you surrender to his will and purpose, that he will actually lift you up, just like that water's supposed to do when we float on it, like the RNLI tell us to do if we get stuck in the sea, that we should be able to float on it, but God will lift you up as you learn to trust in him. You know, whether you're getting baptised or you're here this morning to come and see family and friends or whether you've been a Christian a long time and there's certain situations in your life, I just want to encourage you. It's about letting go and letting God help you and lift you up in your circumstances, that you can trust him and that he loves you. Trust him that he knows best and he knows the right way and the right path for you in your life. So this morning, I want to encourage you, surrender to God's will. We saw John and Jesus do it, and we saw the amazing things that happened because of it. And I want to encourage you this morning, begin to surrender your life to God. And maybe the first step for some of you is saying, well, actually, I want to become a Christian today. I want to know what it is more to know who Jesus is and how I can journey with him. The second thing that we see is we see God's affirmation and approval. You know, even Jesus needed affirmation and approval. Who likes it when someone sends them a nice message? Who likes it when they get over 10 likes on a Facebook or social media post? It does you good, doesn't it? You think, oh, somebody likes me. Somebody, somebody said, oh, your top looks nice today. Oh, your hair looks nice. And about three people noticed the other week when I had my hair done, so thanks very much. But it doesn't make you feel good when nobody sees you and nobody notices you. But when people notice you, it makes you feel good. When someone tells you, I love you. When someone tells you, I'm proud of you. It does you good and it lifts you up. And even Jesus needed that. Jesus needed to hear his father say, you are my son. I love you. I'm proud of you. You know, and as Jesus came up out of the water, it was a really significant moment because we, we realize that at that point, God the Father is speaking, Jesus the Son is being baptized, and the Holy Spirit is coming down like a dove. So we see the Trinity all in one place at one time in Scripture. We see that in another place in Genesis, in the creation of the world, and also when man is created. And when you see the three of them working together, it's about creation and new life. It is a significant moment. It was a significant moment in creation when we saw them all. And I believe it was a significant moment when Jesus was baptized. God created something new in Genesis when he created the world. But when Jesus was baptized, he was creating a new way, a new path for people, a new life for them as well. For those of you getting baptised today, I believe God wants to affirm you and say the same thing over each one of you. You are his son or his daughter. He loves you. He is proud of you for what you're doing today. You know, when our girls were born, we named them, we took them home, we showed them to family, we invited people around. We were excited. These are our girls. Come and look at them. They're beautiful. We wanted to show them off. We wanted people to see them because we were so proud. You know, for some of you in here this morning, you may not have had that family life where you felt affirmed and approved. But regardless of that today, I believe that God wants to say to you, no matter what your past, I love you. No matter what people have spoken over you, I am proud of you. No matter who wants you or doesn't want you, I want you. Let him speak away your doubts about who you are. 
When you think, I'm nothing, I can't do it, nobody likes me, let me tell you today, whether you're on a journey with him or not, God loves you. God wants you. God is proud of you. And God wants to relate to you. You are called. You are loved. You are forgiven. He wants to restore and set you free. You're a child of God this morning. And for some of you, all you need to do is say, yes, God, let me come and walk with you. Don't be left in any doubt today. God is for you and with you. Don't listen to what other people have said in the past. Listen to what God says today, that you are loved and you are accepted. The third and the last thing I'm going to share this morning is this, that we see the significance in the moment. This was the start of Jesus' ministry. Up until this point, he'd been in Nazareth, he'd been with his family, he'd been learning to be a carpenter more than likely with his father. But at this moment, Jesus came out of obscurity and stepped into God's public plan for his life. It was a journey towards his victory on the cross over sin and death. And he died for our sin and he rose again so that we can have eternal life. For those of you getting baptised today, it's a significant moment for you. Don't lose sight of that. Don't lose sight that for God and for you, this is a significant defining moment. You've made your public statement of saying, I believe in God. I believe that he's my Lord and Saviour. I believe in Jesus. And I honestly believe that as you've done that, that he will acknowledge you before people, that he will bless you and be with you in a way that you've never known before. Today, I believe God wants to reveal himself to each and every one of us. He wants to create something new in and through our lives and bring victory and a way forward for the journey with him that's miraculous. Whether you're here getting baptized, whether you're here watching, whether you're here as part of the church family, I believe that God wants to create new things. He wants to bring victory and bring the miraculous in your life. You may feel like you've been in obscurity, a little bit like Jesus was, but I believe God has a plan and a purpose for your life and that God sees you, even when you don't know that other people do. God sees you, God loves you, and God wants to have a significant, defining moment with you today. Whether you're getting baptized or not, God wants to meet with you. God wants to let you know that you are loved. And God wants to let you know that he is here and he cares about you and all of the things that you care about too. I believe the water is significant today. We've looked at how significant water is. It feels even more significant because it's really hot. <laughs> but I believe it's significant as the, as the young people and the adults go through that water this morning, that it's a significant, defining moment for them. I'm going to invite the band to come and join me. And you know, I just want to give an opportunity that if you're here this morning, if you've never made that commitment to Jesus, that I'm going to say a prayer and you can say it with me in your heart. And if you say that prayer, we would love to talk to you after. We would love for you to come and speak to one of us and we will help you journey with him. So let's just take a moment and close our eyes. And if you feel that what we've talked about and what you've heard this morning from the testimonies that you actually feel, yeah, I want to start that journey with Jesus. Just say this prayer with me in your heart. Jesus, I admit I have not always got things right. 
Thank you for dying on the cross and paying the price for my wrongdoing. I receive your forgiveness now and declare that I want to live for you for the rest of my life. Help me now to follow you. Fill me with your power through the Holy Spirit so I can live my life for you. Amen. And if you've said that prayer, speak to someone you've come to or come with or come and speak to one of us after. We would love to talk to you. But let me just pray as we close. If you want to stand, because we're going to sing then. And I just want to pray for the guys getting baptised and for all of us. Father, we thank you that you want to empower and encourage those who are getting baptised today. We pray that they would know the significance of this moment. God, and I pray for each and every one of us that as we learn to surrender to your will, that we would have ears to hear your approval and affirmation, that we would hear you saying this morning, son, daughter, I love you. I'm proud of you. You are mine. God, I pray that we would recognize you in this moment. God, that you would create something new and fresh in our lives. God, and we would see the miraculous come into place. In Jesus' name, amen.